This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Bear Archery's Hunting 101, episode two of our Build Your Bow series. I am with one of the greatest looking guys in all of Indiana, definitely the best looking guy in Evansville. I can say that with confidence. A good friend of mine, one of the design engineers at Trophy Ridge. He's directly responsible for some of my favorite products from Trophy Ridge. I've got Mr. Andrew Hughes, and he's going to walk us through how to mount all of our accessories. Guys, I know... Um, this episode is beneath a lot of you. Um, a lot of you learned this stuff 15, 20, 30 years ago. However, there are guys out there that don't know how to mount a site. There are guys out there that don't know how to mount a rest. Um, every year that, that picture comes up on Facebook of the guy with the site mounted backwards or the, the, the rest mounted on the front of the bow rather than the back of the bow. My goal for this series is to give people the information to work on their bows no matter what level they're at. So guys, I understand this is beneath some of you. However, there's no questions too dumb, and there there's somebody that needs this information or they'll never know it. So guys, my goal for this is to give you all of the different mounting options for, for, for sights and rests now. You know, five years ago, this episode was simple. There's bolts that bolt everything to your bow. However, now we've got bridge lock technology. We've got Picatinny mounts. We've got IMS systems. We've got all these different things. So we talk through all those different options. We talk about the benefit of some versus others and how to mount everything on your bow. We talk about back bars uh, being directly behind the front bar or mounted to the back of the bow. Different, different options to mount those things and how those all work. As always, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Scentlock. But guys, I hope you enjoy and I hope you learn something. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Guys, I am never going to tell you that you have to be 10% body fat or that you have to be able to run a marathon in order to enjoy hunting. You don't even have to be able to com complete a CrossFit workout. However, if I want to be able to hunt for a long time and enjoy the great outdoors and continue to chase wild game, then I have to do some things to remain healthy. Why? Well, because I can't bow hunt when I'm 80, 85 if I don't take care of myself now. 
Guys, First Form makes some of the best supplements that you will ever find. I got so tired of overpaying for watered-down, mediocre supplements just because they were branded for the outdoors. First Form is one of the biggest and best supplement companies in the world. The best news is they care about outdoorsmen and they care about hunters because they are outdoorsmen and they are hunters. So guys, I would highly encourage you to check out First Form, not just for your professional athletes, not just for the guys who are constantly in the gym working out, not just for the guys who want to get as big and as fit as they possibly can, but for everyday guys who just want to be around to see their kids graduate, for everyday mom and dads who just want to be healthy and live a happy lifestyle and enjoy time with their kids. For the everyday bow hunter that just wants to ensure they do some things to stay healthy and be able to hunt longer, there are some products for everyday health that everybody should be taking, whether you're an athlete or not. So guys, click the link in the description of this episode to start shopping some of my favorite products from First Form. And guys, I would highly encourage you to start doing some things to ensure your future for bow hunting to ensure that you're able to enjoy the sport that you love so much for a long time. Guys, I would love to help you out. If you have any questions about what I take or why I take it, shoot me an email, thehunting101podcast at gmail.com. I would love to give you some advice on what products would be a good fit for you and to help you reach your goals. So guys, definitely click the link in, in the description of this episode to start shopping some of my favorite everyday health products from first form some of my favorite proteins vitamins minerals electrolytes some of the favorite products that anybody and everybody should be taking in order to live a happier healthier lifestyle but guys don't hesitate to reach out and ask me any kind of questions i would love to help you and love to see you live your happiest healthiest life all right well you know we've got a lot of stuff here and i think what we're going to do is we're going to start with uh, attaching a rest to a bow. Um, now, as Dylan said, there are a lot of options out there on the market. Um, the standard mount that pretty much every rest used to use was simply screws in the burger holes of a bow. I've got a good example of that right here on this persist. Um, this is a drop away rest and we'll go through uh, rest types as well. But if you can see here, there's basically just two bolts. Uh, some bows actually use just a single bolt in a burger hole and uh, you line you line everything up and you just tighten that bolt down and it attaches the rest. This being a drop away, we have other options. For example, here's just the standard whisker biscuit, something that Trophy Ridge is really known well for. And you can see again, there's basically just an open slot here that's gonna accept one or two screws directly into the bolt holes on the side of a bow. So it's really that simple. It can be that simple. Um, there are a couple other options when it comes to actually mounting uh, your rest to a bow. The one in particular that Trophy Ridge has started uh, playing with is the one that QAD came out with, and it's referred to as IMS. And you can see an example of that on this Hoyt. Uh, I have a limb-driven rest uh, that has the IMS mount, and it works in a similar way, but instead of just a bolt into a hole, which you can see an empty hole right here, there's actually a clamping system that clamps right onto a kind of a dovetail shape that's machined right into the back of this riser. The all new Persist from Bear has a machined uh, piece back here that creates that dovetail. So we 
have IMS capability on this bow, even though I'm using it to show a standard mount option. And then once again, uh, I've got a Matthews here also with an IMS. And I don't know if you could see it any better, but once again, you essentially have a clamping system. It's just one single bolt. And even within that IMS uh, system, because it's a dovetail and there's vertical movement, instead of being in one position from a kind of vertical or a elevation standpoint, you can actually slide the rest up and down and you have some level of elevation adjustment right here in the mount itself. So um, that covers rest mounting options that Trophy Ridge offers. We have that IMS currently in a V-Biscuit and the new Propel limb-driven rest. And then we have several other rest options like our sink, which is a cable style uh, drop away rest and a variety of whisker biscuit options that all have standard mount uh, built into them. So Dylan, maybe we talk next a little bit about which rest type you're gonna use. Um, obviously we're talking about mounting styles. Here at Trophy Ridge, we offer again, kind of three styles you have a fixed rest, so that would include things like a whisker biscuit, a V-biscuit. We also have a rest that we call the tack driver, and essentially it's just what some people in their industry refer to as a lizard tongue, right? It's got a little piece of metal that your arrow sits down on. A lot of target guys use it. We do have that offering in the lineup, and they are fixed position, right? So the arrow is designed to shoot off of that rest, and the rest itself doesn't move throughout the shot cycle. As far as dropaways go, we have, again, the sink. This is a cable-driven style rest. And then this is the all-new Propel, which is a limb-driven style. Um, they're a little different, right? They're not exactly the same thing. They both are intended to support the arrow when you're drawing the bow. And then that support arm drops away during the shot cycle. So as the fletchings pass and the knock passes the riser of the bow, it's completely clear right? There's nothing obstructing the movement of that arrow anymore. Um, the difference just is in how they operate. So uh, this being the sink, which is the limb-driven rest, uh, essentially you set it up, you tie this cord into the down cable on the bow. Um, and I'm sure this is something that will get covered in later episodes uh, as far as the details. But the, the point is that when you draw the bow, this cord is pulled on until it's at uh, essentially full draw or it's fully cocked. And then when you let go and when you shoot the bow, it has a mechanism that allows the arm to drop during the shot cycle. Um, these, these require just a little bit more setup. Uh, you do need kind of like a draw board. You can do it by hand, um, but they're a little, uh, they're, they, they require a little more fin finesse or a little more attention to get set up properly to make sure you're avoiding any kind of fletching contact. Uh, we, Quick, By offering the Propel rest this how year. Do, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. How, how do they find out? What's the best way? You said down cable. Um, so in order to find out which one's your down cable, just pull your string back a little bit. You know, I mean, you don't have to draw your bow and just see mm -hmm. which cable is moving downward. Uh, one cable is going to be going up. One cable is going to be going down. Um, and on that, on most bows, especially on the, uh, I know for a fact, um, on the persist, you just want to go underneath the serving for that you know, where it rolls through your roller guard at. Um, and, and yep. we'll get into the timing of that with PJ a little bit. Uh, we, we don't dive too far into that, but, um, 
we'll get into the timing of that in the PJ episode and kind of how to tie that in in the PJ episode. So um, just wanted to, to make that note real quick. Yeah, and I can add on to that really quickly. Um, most of these bows, the way they work as far as the cam system goes, is one of these cables is actually going to be going through what might be referred to as a, as a power track or where you would see the module on the cam. So on this persist, for example, you can see that you've got two cables coming down, and this one right here is connected to this track that has a module on it. And that module is going to be pulling that cable, which really shows that it's going to be uh, that's going to be your down cable, right? It's going to be pulling it down towards the cam as you draw the bow. So that's another way. I mean, to your point, if you pull the bow, you're going to see a cable, you're going to see the cables move and it'll be easy to tell, but as well, just understanding how a bow works a little bit better. Um, you can look for that, right? You can look for the power track or the module track, and that's where that cable is going to be coming off of. And to Dylan's point, if you, uh, you know, if you, let's say that you have this rest here, and you've got it mounted and you take this cable, which is a little short. They do come a little bit longer than, than this out of the package, but you tie it right up here, right? Kind of next to there, right next to the, the rest. Once you get that tight, there's just not a lot of room for this thing to move. So the further down the cable that you can actually tie it in initially, the better, uh, because it will be moving more straight down and it'll just help the rest operate a little bit better. So, so moving on to the limb driven rest, um, the way that you set up a limb-driven rest is actually a little bit more convenient. Um, although one of the benefits of a cable-driven is a lot of times they're designed to be in kind of an up position when your bow is at brace. So that way you have a little bit better arrow containment. Um, the propel rest, being a limb-driven style rest, obviously you've got this, this cord or cable uh, you can tie it off on this bottom limb. You can actually also turn uh, this hub on the outside and put it on your top limb, which I personally like to do quite a bit, but either way will work. And when you set it up, you're literally just taking it and you're wrapping it around the limb. This rest in particular does come with a limb pad and you tie it down on the limb here and you pull it tight until you can see that rest drop. I don't know if you can see that well enough or not, but regardless... Yeah. You tie it until the rest is down. And there's also a screw up here that you can loosen and kind of pull the tag in just to make sure that once you get your knot tied down here, if it's a little looser than you'd, you'd like it to be, you can tighten it up here. But once once the cable is, is uh, tied on and your rest is down, you're set up. You can shoot that bow because as you draw the bow, it's going to allow that cable to rise. It's going to allow the launcher arm to come up and raise the arrow. But then as soon as you shoot the bow... The limb's going to go down, it's going to pull the cable, and it's going to be clear. So there is no timing or tuning necessary when you set up one of these limb-driven rests. It's You could literally set one of these up and ship it to somebody, and they would be able to shoot it out of the box and not be concerned uh, about their fletchings um, hitting in the same way that you might need to be a little more particular about the setup of a cable-driven rest and making sure that it's timed properly. So that's one of the benefits, I would say, of a limb-driven rest, um, but in comparison, the containment of this is not quite as secure um, as, say, our sink rest, for example. But you do have a containment arm built into the propel to make sure the arrow is not, you know, coming completely off. It's going to stay where you want it. All right. <clears throat> so, question on that: Does it matter if the cable 
goes from the outside of the limb to the inside of the limb and vice versa. And then how far back should somebody tie it towards the axle or towards the limb pocket? Does it matter how far up or down the limb it is to be tied off on? That's a great question. Uh, ultimately, the nice thing about this is it's not very particular. You can get away with putting it in a number of different places, although there's good rules of thumb, right? So the closer to the axle of the bow, so that's the, the metal rod that's going through the cam that you'd see at the end of these limbs, the closer to the axle, the better, just because you know you're going to get basically the maximum distance moved by that limb, which means that the rest is going to rise sooner during the draw cycle and it's going to drop later supporting the arrow more during the shot cycle. So just kind of toward the axle is better, but you can be a little in front of it, you know, say an inch, inch and a half is still okay, but anywhere in that area is going to be just fine. I personally like to go to the outside of the limb. Like if I'm taking this cable and I'm going down, I like to go from the outside just because you have less chance of something between the inside of the limb and the cam uh, rubbing or becoming, you know, an obstruction, uh, which obviously you don't want to do that. But again, technically either one could work. You might actually get to the point where you tie a knot down here and it, the knot itself kind of migrates towards the center of the limb. Um, in which case it's still going to function properly as long as the cable is tight once you have it set up. Uh, but again, like I said, rule of thumb, it's probably just a better idea to go from the outside of the limb to the to the inside, but technically it'll work either way. Very cool. So after you have mounted your rest, you've got your rest mounted up. Um, where are you going to next? Okay, we've got a rest on the bow. Now it's time to mount our sight. Now, once again, there are a few options like you said, Dylan, before in years past, it was pretty simple. It was a very simple conversation. Um, I just have one of our uh, RTH package sites here. You can see it has a mounting bracket with a couple different holes. Um, and let's see, a good example would be, you know, here's a Matthews. You've got two holes right here. These are your typical site mounting holes. The Hoyt has it as well. You can actually see this site mounted onto this persist and it's mounted in these two holes. And literally I've just got flathead screws that go into these two holes and you mount it right to the side of the riser. So uh, there is a couple considerations. Obviously you notice that these sites in particular have more than one option as far as where you're gonna mount the site. And so that means that you can mount the site further away from your eye or further away from the bow or closer to you. If you think about how that works, ultimately, if your sight is further away from your bow, your pin gaps are gonna be slightly larger, and the opposite is true. If it's a little closer, your pin gaps are gonna be slightly smaller. Now, it's a pretty small distance, so what I really like to say to people, especially here they're doing it for the first time, is just go somewhere kinda in between, um, but mount the site in a location where it's just not going to get in the way. Like when you're carrying it to and from your tree stand, when you're putting it in and out of your case, try to mount the site in a location where 
it's not going to be in the way of something else. It's going to be less likely to bump something. Um, <clears throat> but that is a consideration that people need to understand and know that is there. And there's that's why there's usually more than one option when it comes to the mounting holes in a bracket on a site. But it really is that simple. Two flathead screws, they're self-centering. They uh, make sure that the site is mounted in the right orientation. Um, and, and it really is that simple. However, we've got a couple other options on the market. Uh, Hoyt, I've got a Hoyt bow and a Matthews bow, as I showed you when we were going through the rests. The Hoyt bow has basically a standard uh, size Picatinny rail, the same that you would find on the top of a firearm, for example, or maybe the bottom to mount an accessory, they've taken that same profile and they've put it on the front riser of the bow. You can see, even though this site isn't using it, uh, there is actually a small section of rail on the front of the persist uh, right here. So again, it functions in the same way. I just have this uh, React site mounted to the Hoyt. It's pretty simple. Uh, once again, the options here are not front to back, they're vertical. So there are a couple different slots um, in both of these rail sections. So you can uh, mount the site a little higher, a little lower. That just helps you gang adjust on your elevation. But it is one single screw uh, that basically just clamps in from the side and it fully secures this site to the front of the bow. Um, so that is one uh, option, one consideration that's on the market now besides the standard screw mount. Uh, I don't have the site mounted, but I do have the Matthews bow that has their patented bridge lock system. And I do have what Trophy Ridge offers as well, the exact same site, the React Pro, but in a bridge lock mount. It looks like a dovetail because that's what it is, but it's slightly offset from a standard dovetail because it's integrated into the riser. And you simply slide this in, you position it properly, and then Matthews has a set screw that goes in this hole and it touches off on that dovetail and secures the site. So again, in this case, it's just one single screw and this dovetail bracket is designed to fit in one particular position. Um, so again, that's another option in regards to mounting your site. But as far as actually getting your site mounted, it really is that simple. It's either two screws or one screw, you tighten it down and it's good to go. And it's really that simple. So why would somebody go with a Picatinny mount or a bridge lock mount over just screwing it into the side? What's the benefits? What's the differences? Maybe why a dovetail over a standard mount? I mean, what are some of the different, why would you go with some of those different mounting options? Yeah, that's, that's awesome uh, to, to talk, kind of talk through. I would say both the rail mount and the bridge lock mount, the benefits really fall in its less accessory on this side of the bow. Um, and we'll get into the quivers later, but essentially when you have less stuff mounted to this actual surface, you have a little bit more freedom in the quiver and other potential accessories that you might want to mount to your bow uh, getting in the way or them getting in the way of that accessory. The Matthews bow is a pretty good example because uh, I have their branded quiver on this bow um, and it fits quite tight to the bow. If you had a, uh, a standard sight mount here, 
right next to that quiver, it's a pretty tight space. Some of them will be perfectly fine, but others, it, it would be, there would be an obstruction, right? It would get in the way. Um, so that's a consideration. Now the bridge lock, because they're using a set screw and not like something that can be uh, removed, you ask about a dovetail. The best part about using any style dovetail uh, sight bracket or mounting bracket, if it's fairly easy to remove, is that you can take the sight off your bow by simply unscrewing um, either, you know, like a knob or a little a wing nut or something, depending on what brand and what design it is. And you can remove it from the bow and you can store it either in your case or in a safer location when you're traveling and you're moving around, especially think like putting a bow on a plane, you can take the side off your bow. It ensures the, uh, it ensures that you're not going to accidentally bust your sight uh, if something hits the bow itself. But because the dovetail is designed to always zero out or bottom out in the same position, you can slide it back on your bow. You can tighten it down in the location that it was before and you haven't lost your zero, right? You're still sighted in in that case. And it just is a way for you to protect your sight when you're moving about, when you're traveling with your bow. Um, this is not probably the best example, but the, the dovetail that Trophy Ridge has in its line that fits uh, most of the mover sites that we have, it has more than one location. So you can actually vary and choose how far away the site is from the riser, not by having to remove screws and select different mounting holes, but just simply by uh, un, you know, loosening the knob and sliding it out to that desired location and then tightening it back again. And as long as you can remember uh, by marking it or just by sight, which location you sight it in at, you just slide it back to that point and you tighten it down. So, you know, that's a, I, I personally put dovetails on almost every site that I use just in case I need to take it somewhere or it just makes it easier to travel, uh, even short distances, but it's not, it's not a, a necessity, but Trophy Ridge offers it to our customers. So one of the biggest things um, that I like about a dovetail is it gives you the ability to get perfect peep to housing alignment uh, because I can move that in, you know, any direction, any, however far, however close I need to, to get that site housing to really align with my peep. Um, that's one reason. Now, going back to the mounting options, it's crazy. If you even put like a Versalite on and say it's mounted to the riser, which we'll get there in a minute on different mounting options for quivers. But mm -hmm. if it's mounted to the riser, it's crazy how much closer if you've got your rest and your and your sight mounted on the side of the bow like normal. It's crazy how much closer you can move that quiver in once you put it on the IMS rest and uh, uh, pick a tinny sight. It's crazy how much it's literally like yep. an inch and a half closer. Um, so what that's going to do is just really help it can you be balance significant. your bow better. Yeah, it's another it's another tool to balance your bow, which we're going to get to stabilizers here in a minute mm -hmm. and, and back bars and and balancing your bow that way. But it's another really useful tool in getting that bow to sit at full draw exactly how you want it to sit. Um, so play with it. You know, sometimes yep. like on my persist, it actually balances better if the rest is IMS, but the site is, is mounted normal. It just balances really, really well that way for me. Hmm. So play with that. Those different mounting options sure, give sure. you that freedom and flexibility of building that bow out exactly how it's going to work well for you. So play with it, try different things, uh, try different mounting options. Um, but we've got our site, we've got our rest mounted. Uh, what are you going to next? 
Guys, I'm a big believer in prioritizing your feet. Your feet should always be a priority, and you should always be considering what's on your feet. If you're in the mountains and you've got blisters and hot spots, you are not going to go as far. You're not going to make it to that next ridge. You're not going to stay on the mountain as long. Ultimately, you're not going to be as successful. If you're sitting in a whitetail stand and your feet are freezing, you're going to get more jittery. You're not going to be as still. You're not going to be as quiet. You're not going to stay as long. Ultimately, you're not going to be able to kill that big buck in the dead of winter. If you're chasing antelope, you've got to be able to be quick and quiet and fast and have comfortable feet. Guys, no matter what you're chasing, no matter the pursuit, no matter the game, your feet should be a priority. I have fallen in love with Schnee boots. I didn't even know how normal hot spots and blisters were in my life until I got a good pair of boots because I was probably a lot like you. I would run to a, a Cabela's Bass Pro and I would buy a pair of $100 boots thinking that I was saving money. But those boots break down faster and I got to keep buying boots. So guys, don't let a pair of $400 boots keep you from buying good boots because in the long run, those $100 boots, they add up. Whereas if you spend good money on a good pair of Italian-made handcrafted boot, they're going to last you for 10, 15 years. They're going to be way more comfortable. You're going to be more successful. Your feet will be more comfortable. You will thank me later. So guys, go check out schnees.com for all of your boots. That's S-C-H-N-E-E-S.com. The best boots on planet Earth, Schnee boots. Go check them out. Thank me later. But guys, start prioritizing your feet and get yourself a good pair of boots. All right, let's talk about quivers. Uh, you've seen a couple on these bows. Uh, once again, Trophy Ridge, we're playing across the board in a variety of not only price points when it comes to quivers, but features. So we'll, let's start with this Persist right here because it has on it uh, our standard quiver mounting bracket. So if you were to buy uh, any of our RTH bows, it's going to come with this style mount on it. I've got the Convoy here which is a bit of a step up because it does have an integrated light as opposed to uh, the one that comes on our RTH packages, but it just has two studs. And if you look at, um, if you look at the, the bracket, it has two screws in most standard or most sites, like a standard mounting bracket, you're going to have two extra threaded holes that are going going to act as your quiver bracket mounting uh, location. So you can see that's exactly what I've done here. There's uh, two bolts here right into that. And then you simply slip that top uh, stud in, slide it into place, and then you pull down this lever and that locks it into place. So it actually can't come off. And there is multiple quivers in the Trophy Ridge lineup that use this mounting style. And they just have a variety of features like adjustability and height and um, you know where they fit on the bow. But a lot of them use that mounting style. Now, the newest quiver, the Versalite, from Trophy Ridge, which I have a very light version of such right here, this as with a single gripper. Uh, it comes with uh, this style bracket. You do the same thing. You mount that to a standard uh, mounting hole location. Something to note that the spacing of those two holes is identical to the two sight mounting holes on all bows. So let's say that you're using this Matthews with a bridge lock or this Hoyt with the rail mount, you basically, you just need to go to these two sight mounting holes that are still in the riser and you just attach the, the quiver bracket directly to those two holes. 
So you're, just because you don't have a standard sight mount doesn't mean that you can't use one of these uh, more standard quiver mounting options. So, but once again, this is the bracket that comes with the Versalite. It has a little bit more adjustment. Not only can you get a slight amount of cant, but you can adjust the front to back location of the quiver. And then there's a, a stud that you slide the quiver onto and then it cam locks closed. Now, two-piece guys are out there. I happen to be one of them. Uh, two-piece quivers are more of a permanent mount or semi-permanent mount to a bow. Essentially, you're not going to be able to just take it off the bow quickly when you get to a tree stand. You're going to shoot your bow with your quiver attached. This is the converted version of the Versalite. You essentially take it apart, you use the two-piece conversion kit, and it, you turn the exact same quiver from a single, or from a one-piece quiver to a two-piece quiver. It comes with these uh, mounting posts, and obviously you can see I've got mounted here this Hoyt. It comes with adapters to make sure that you can mount it to any riser on the market, okay? So, uh, and you're repurposing the cam lock on top, and you have more of a, a fixed bracket here on the bottom. But again, I personally like this. Uh, I, I can tell you I've had more than one occasion in my hunting career where I've shot and it wasn't the best shot at first. Maybe I completely missed and I was able to harvest that deer because I had another arrow right there on my bow and I was able to get a second shot off. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that is personal preference. But the point is you're, you're doing a similar thing um, in the sense that you're mounting this quiver to the bow, you're just doing it in a more semi-permanent manner. Uh, one thing to note, and it'd be hard to show, but this bracket on the Versalite quiver, it, it will cam lock onto this post. So the diameter of this, the, the mounting post and this two-piece post are actually the same, and it does come with one in the package. So you can even choose to use this where you're mounting it up here to the riser as opposed to having to mount it to, to the bracket that, that's on there, um, but still operate as a removable quiver that you can you know, hang in your tree or, or have nearby and not on your bow when you're shooting your bow. So that, those are, you know, it's, it's not complicated, obviously, but there are options out there just here from Trophy Ridge in our lineup. So not that the way I do it is right or better or, um, but, my personal preference is I keep the quiver in shorty mode. Uh, so I put the little short posts on, um, and then I mount it straight yep. to the riser. I don't mount it to the site. Reason being is I can get it closer to the riser that way. Um, if I put it on the sites, I can't get it as close to the riser. Um, so I put it directly on That's that post to the riser. I can get it in close to the riser. It gives me more adjustability in the cant of that quiver. So I can cant it forward or backwards. Uh, it gives me more adjustability cause I can just rotate mm -hmm. it on that post. Um, I do leave my quiver on at all times. I, I never take my quiver off, but if I am flying with it or, uh, putting it in like a TSA approved case or something, um, I like to be able to take that quiver off. So, um, that's why I don't run a two piece because I fly with my bow quite a bit. Um, and so I like to be able to pop that quiver off still, um, uh, maybe even put the arrows in the case, throw my quiver in the backpack, however it works out for the flight. But, um, that's how I like to run mine. Um, but I love, I love how adjustable that quiver is. Um, so however you choose to mount it, um, the Versalite can do it. 
Yeah, it is an opportunity to really highlight the Versalite. It is a quiver that we intended for it to be able to work for literally anybody, no matter what their personal preference was, because we know how much preference is existing in the archery world. It, you know, there's so many different ways you can go about things and make it work for you. And you're going to be different than the guy that's next to you. So having the availability of components in the package, the fact that you can make this a longer quiver like this, you can make it your shorty, like you like it one gripper, two grippers, um, it's going to fit standard and micro diameter arrows. Uh, there's just so much versatility. And then especially when you throw in the two piece, the fact that after you buy a conversion kit, you've got every option. You can change it from, you know, a two piece to a one piece or back, depending on what you're hunting, what bow you're shooting, et cetera. So it is a great product on top of the fact that it does have a rechargeable light in the front. I mean, that's just cool. All right, but hold on. We got to have a, a real serious conversation here because I love that quiver. Best quiver oh. on the market, hands down. But why did you take the lights out of the hood? I used to love that, man, being able to see to put your broadheads back in there. Why are the lights out of the hood now? Man, that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, you know, I actually don't really have the answer to it. I would say that I know it makes the construction of the rechargeable board a little more complicated. And when they were developing this, um, that's where we ended up. Okay. But that doesn't mean that we don't know how important that feature is. So it's a good point to be made. I used to love that, man. I used to love that. It does work really still, well, though. Um, you know, the fact the that the fact the that you can recharge this thing. I mean, it and and there's really not anybody else that are really taking that. Let's integrate the light into your quiver so you don't have to have a separate one with you. Um, we kind of stand alone in in the accessory world there. So, and I got to tell you, everybody that I've talked to who uses one of these lighted quivers, they love it. Yeah, it's something you'll never go back, in my opinion. Like once you once you have that convenience, you never go back. So we've got rest, we've got sights, we've got quiver mounted. Last thing we've got up is our stabilizers. Um, there are a couple different stabilizer mounting options. Um, so walk me through those. Yeah, again, it's not going to be super complicated. We do have a variety of stabilizers. It comes down to kind of how nice do you want it to be? Um, everything from something that's kind of a standard that you might find on our RTH packages, it literally just has a threaded rod that's, you know, that comes off the back and you screw it right into the front of the riser. Um, you can see this is the Hitman without the quick disconnect. And it's literally just uh, threaded right into the front of this riser. You can see that's how it's mounted. I mean, it's, I'm going to get it all the way off here. So it's literally just a threaded rod. Uh, that's the Hitman just all by itself, and it's just going to thread directly onto, or just thread directly into this hole. And again, it's just one of those things that's standard in the archery world. All bows are going to have a stabilizer mount hole. I've got old recurves from the 1970s that have a bushing built into it. So it's been around for a really long time, and it's kind of hard to go wrong there. The next step up would be how the, the Hitman actually comes, and that is with a quick disconnect mount. So if I uh, unscrew this here, it's gonna pop right off. 
So there's a little bit, there's a little barrel nut there. You have this um, quick disconnect mount. It just has a bolt that has the same thread size. It, it threads right into that same hole that you would put your stabilizer in. You just tighten it down and then you slide that barrel nut right into the top and you tighten it down and then you're good to go. Now, I know you're gonna ask, why is that important? Why do you want that? Okay, well, look at this bow right now and think about your bow case. Some bow cases, you'd be able to fit this in there. Some We offer much longer stabilizer options than this. Um, so even this might not fit in some cases, and especially once you get out into that 12 or 18 inch range, you're just not gonna put the bow in the case with the stabilizer on. So the fact that you can simply take it a quarter turn and slide it off. You put the bow in the case, you put the stabilizer in the pocket or somewhere nearby, and it's easier to travel that way. And it's very easy to put back on. Um, we've got, again, another option here. Um, we actually sell the Hitman in a kit that not only includes a front bar with a quick disconnect, but a rear bar as well. This is something that we are working on uh, as far as different possible mounting locations, but at the end of the day, it literally just comes off. I'm, you know, I don't have it built up here, but it's, it uses the exact same system. It's a quick disconnect. You take it a quarter turn, you slide it out, you put it in your bag. Um, and this, this actual back bar itself has its own quick disconnect and that does come in the package. So <clears throat> if you notice, not all bows are going to have a rear stabilizer mount, although it's becoming more common for almost all bows to have them. Everybody's going to have one right in the front, um, but it is pretty simple. Um, and there's, you know, the differences between these guys that get real particular that can add weight to the front. Uh, you can, you know, choose what length you feel like is best for you as far as how well it stabilizes your bow when you're shooting it versus how much extra length you want hanging off the front when you're hunting versus maybe, say, shooting 3D or in a target situation. Uh, but it's pretty simple. There's holes, you thread everything in, and you have the standard versus quick disconnect options. So why would somebody go with the back bar mounted directly behind the front bar versus the back bar down directly off the riser in the back? Well, once again, let's call it personal preference. Um, what I personally like about having a sidebar or a back bar that's built, you know, that's mounted right here on that front disconnect is that once again, if you, if you break it loose, give it that quarter turn and slip it up and out, you have both your front stabilizer and your side or back stabilizer in one piece. And then that all just stays together and goes in your bag versus doing it like this, where you've got two separate ones that you have to take off and put back on. Um, is it really that much of a difference? It, I guess it depends on who you ask. But once again, Trophy Ridge is all about making sure that we have a product that can fit what people want, what they need. And so we want to just give people options, right? Guys, I just want to I want to make note of something real quick. A lot of you are listening to this episode and it's it's way beneath you. And you're thinking this is ridiculously we know all this stuff. But there are guys out there that don't know this stuff. You know, every year there comes around the photo of the guy that has the sights mounted on the wrong side or the rest mounted backwards, you know, on the front of the riser. And 
every year that comes around. My goal is to give people the tools to learn how to work on their own stuff, no matter what level they're at. Uh, I understand that episode two of this series might be one that a lot of guys skip over. However, there are guys out there that need to hear this. There are guys out there that need to know how to mount their sights, that need to know how to mount their rests. Um, so I don't want you to ever think that questions are too stupid, that questions are, are you know, beneath you, um, because there are some, there's somebody out there that needs that information. Um, so that's why I felt that's right. We all start somewhere, don't we? Don't. Yeah. I, I felt this necessary to put this out still, uh, because there are guys out there that if we don't give this information to, they don't know. Um, so guys go check out trophy Ridge because trophy Ridge has all of the tools you need to, to all the accessories you need to build your bow. Um, and they are in fact tools that every bow hunter can trust, whether you shoot a bear, a Hoyt, a Matthews, a prime and elite, doesn't matter. They make the accessories that are going to work for your bow. They make the accessories that really nobody else is doing. There's things that trophy Ridge are doing that nobody else is doing. Um, the, the digital react is phenomenal. Um, the swift is phenomenal. The Versalite is great. The shock stop hands down one of the best stabilizers on the market. So there's all of these accessories mm -hmm. that trophy Ridge is doing and doing really well. And they've got accessories to fit any preference that you have guys. I don't need to tell you about the blazer vein. You're probably familiar with the blazer vein and you're probably familiar with boning. Boning has been around forever. It's a name you can trust. They sell products you can trust. They have everything that you need to build your own arrows. All of the jigs to, to fletch your own arrows, all of the veins, all of the wraps, the countless numerous types of veins and wraps to build any kind of configuration you want. They also have some really cool Fredbear branded products with their Fredbear camo wraps and their Fredbear flannel wraps. Something that's really cool about that Fredbear flannel, that's actually a photo that was taken of one of Fredbear's flannel uh, famous shirts, you know, the red and gray and black that he always wore. That's actually a photo taken of his personal shirt and put on a wrap. It looks really cool, especially on some traditional arrows. But my very favorite configuration, and this is coming from an arrow junkie that's tried out all different kind of veins and all different kind of configurations. I have found that this configuration stabilizes pretty much every arrow. It's whisper quiet. They fly fantastic. The three-inch Bronco vein in a four-fletch absolutely flies like a dart, whether you're shooting mechanicals or big fixed this is going to be a fletching configuration that will work again whisper quiet long range accuracy i love this configuration this is on every single one of my compound arrows they just work guys i would highly encourage you to check out boning not just for the blazer vein but for the heat vein for the broncos for the x veins everything um that you need to build your own arrows is right there on boning's website they've been around for ages and i promise you if you order from them you're going to get products that you can trust. Thank you for listening. Jump back here next week for episode three with PJ. It's going to be a lot more in depth. It's going to be a lot more technical. It's going to be a lot harder. Um, it's going to be one of those episodes. You probably have to watch along as you work on your bow, as you tie in your peep site, your D loops, as you do your tuning, as you do your timing. So guys, make sure and come back right here next week for episode three of build your bow with PJ from Lancaster guys. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a fantastic week.